Welcome to another brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we break down the Chiefs' big victory over the Green Bay Packers and look ahead to this Sunday night's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from last week's victory over the Packers? Yeah, I know the offense uh, didn't inspire much confidence and that uh, the defensive performance, well, it'll be dismissed because, you know, they played against Jordan Love, you know, first first time starting quarterback. Uh, But I really thought this was a step in the right direction all around for Kansas City. Uh, The defense, they're beginning to look like an average unit. Uh, and they shut down a really nice running back duo, a really good offensive line, one of the best receivers in the league in Devontae Adams. There's something to be said about that, no matter who the quarterback they were facing is. So, uh, and, and, you know, let's give Jordan Love a little credit, too. Sure, it was his first start, right? Uh, he had a decent game, and uh, he's a former first-round draft pick. He's more than capable of stepping up and having a big performance, and he's got a great supporting cast. So I, I think dismissing uh, you know, what the defense was able to do is really, really just kind of you know, glossing over uh, things and, and not looking at the full picture. Um. Special teams, I thought they did a really nice job for Kansas City from punt unit, kicking unit, return unit. It all just, I mean, it all looked really good, really solid. Uh, obviously, Tommy Townsend, he wins, you know, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. That's that's a big deal. I mean, he, he, he won it for the second time in his career. And, you know, Dustin Colquitt never won two AFC Special Teams Player of the Week honors. I mean, it... He's making the improvements you want to see from, you know, a second-year punter, uh, especially when, you know, he's playing with a good offense, not necessarily getting many opportunities to punt. So um, I think that's a big thing for Kansas City, him getting some confidence uh, down the stretch. And then on offense, uh, you know, I, I think they're probably a little bit closer to a breakthrough than anyone's willing to admit or give them credit for. I mean, the Packers defense is a really good group, too, and they challenge them at times uh, during that game. I think if they can clean up the drops, uh, which, you know, <laughs> I, I guess knock on wood, right? They've, they've been struggling with drops and penalties and all these things all season long. But if they can clean up the drops, uh, especially guys like Travis Kelsey, Michael Hardman, um, they'll be in good shape moving forward. I just thought they had a couple drops that killed drives, uh, got themselves into long situations, and then... You know that that opens up the pass rush and things like that uh, are difficult when you you have a guy you know like uh, like Andrew Wiley coming in off the bench to play right tackle. I mean we saw uh, how he kind of struggled playing right tackle um, at times in Super Bowl uh, Fifty Five, and then also uh, I think he played some right tackle against the Saints. I want to say it was the Saints game. It was either the Saints game or the Dolphins game last year, but. Uh, you know, they, they put themselves into into positions where uh, it wasn't ideal when you have your third string right tackle in. And um, so, yeah, if they can clean up some of those drops, uh, some of the mistakes, uh, I think they'll be good on offense moving forward. Are you impressed by a defense's improvement over the last two weeks? 
Yeah, I think uh, the defense, I, I think they've done a really nice job of making changements and adjustments kind of since the whole you know start of the season when things were kind of just awful on that side of the ball. Um, I, I think they're starting to, to kind of, you know, become a, a, a respectable group, right? Um, and, and I really think two things have helped with that. Uh, first, the injection of athleticism at the linebacker position, getting Willie Gay Jr. back uh, from injured reserve, and then Nick Bolton playing more and playing more confidently. I think that's just been huge for the run defense and really just defending the middle of the field where they were having kind of some struggles with uh, early on. And, and then secondly, I, I think you look at the defensive line improvements, and they've just been staggering. Uh, moving Chris Jones back to defensive tackle this past week, uh, Frank Clark finally looking healthy and motivated and playing really well. The addition of Melvin Ingram's already paying dividends. So, uh, and then, you know, let's give Spags a little bit of credit for, for that too, because he's started to incorporate some more unique blitzes, some twists, some stunts, uh, some different looks in, into his repertoire as the season has gone on. And I think that's opening up opportunities for that defensive line to get after the quarterback. But uh, let, let's say this, the final infinity stone for the defense, at least in my opinion, they've got to find a way to get Daniel Sorensen off the field. Uh, and, and I feel like we say something about this every week. And, you know, I, I've been a proponent of Dan's for a long time because he's just made so many clutch plays during his career. But, uh, you know, even though he's been relegated to maybe 20 snaps a game, he's still proven to be a, a liability in coverage and, and tackling. And, um, I mean, it's so bad. I, I saw some analytics guys tweeting out about opponents' uh, effective points added, specifically when Daniel Sorensen is on and off the field. And it goes up significantly when he's on the field. So, basically, opponents are scoring more points against the Chiefs' defense or expected to score more points when Sorensen is on the field. When, when there's stats like that, I mean... You just got to you, you gotta see that there's a problem. And, and it's been a week-after-week thing with Sorensen. And uh, I, I think at some point it, they're just going to be forced to, to make a change there no matter how much they don't want to. And, and I think, you know, there's probably still value in keeping them around the team, keeping them there. Um, but I think there's some value in sitting the guy down and saying, look, man, you got to you – gotta, Get, get things together. We're going to give another guy a shot, but you got to be ready in the event of an injury. What can the Chiefs offense do to get out of this recent slump? Now, one thing that they can do, I, I think Mahomes, it, th- this is a him thing. He's got to let a little bit of this self-imposed pressure that he's, that he's placed on himself go. Um, he basically said that. You know, this week too, uh, I believe it was Wednesday, basically said that he learned that the defense and special teams can carry this team when the offense isn't at its best. And that necessarily wasn't the case uh, early on in the season. So I think that just from a mental standpoint, that's a huge thing for the offense because they, they don't need to press. Mahomes doesn't need to press and feel like they have to score every drive, even if that's something they want to do and and want to accomplish, right? So if things aren't going their way, he doesn't need to feel pressed into making a bad throw where he throws an interception. Or, um, you know, 
it, he can feel okay taking that sack or or you know throwing the ball into the dirt, knowing that okay, I got some guys on the other side who can help me out here if things don't go my way. He didn't know that early on in the season because really teams you know they got into the red zone, the Chiefs weren't getting the stop. They were either allowing a touchdown or a field goal 100% of the time. So that that's tough. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's some other things that, that they can do. I, I mean, I'm probably in the mi- minority here. I, I think it's maybe just as simple as a coin flip going their way every now and again. Last week, for instance, if Mahomes hits the shot plays that he took to Meikle Hardman and Tyree Kill, the narrative surrounding the game is entirely different. Um, and, and I respect him for taking those shots when they're there because they haven't been there at times, right? Um, and, you know, Hill's wide open. Uh, ball was just not necessarily thrown in the exactly right place that it could be. You want it a little bit further outside so Hill can kind of run under it and away from the defenders. And then, you know, with Miko Hardman, he kind of let up in the middle of, uh, in the middle of that route and if he had just ran through the full thing, he might have had a chance at that ball. And even if he doesn't get the ball, he puts the defender in a bad position where maybe you get a pass interference penalty, and next thing you know, you're right in the red zone. So I, I think it's just a matter of connecting on some of those big plays that they've struggled with in recent weeks. And, and some of that's, like I said, literally just a coin flip. Uh, finally, I think the run game is another thing that you got to consider uh, on the offense because, you know, it, they haven't been using it as effectively as you'd like. Um, but if they do, you can help open up the offense a little bit better. Um, getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire back in the mix I think will be good. I mean, he's the only running back they've had this season who's gone over 100 yards uh, rushing. He's done it twice. So I think getting him back and if he's healthy, that'll be a good thing. And then you know, I think they've also got to do a better job just calling the run plays at the right time. Uh, one thing I noticed, they don't call a lot of back-to-back run plays, especially after, like, a successful run. You'll see, like, an eight-yard run from Daryl Williams, and then you'll see them try to go for a pass play. But I'd like to see if there's an eight-yard eight, eight yard run, follow it up with another run. See if you can get those extra two yards, move the sticks with the running game before you take that shot play. What impact will the return of Kyle Long to the lineup mean for the offensive line? Well, uh, remember, his practice window has opened, but he hasn't yet been activated from the 53-man roster. Uh, Chiefs will have 21 days to decide uh, to bring him back or to put him on injured reserve. And uh, I can tell you uh, with, with certainty, they're not going to rush him back. Uh, Long has been rehabbing a tibial plateau fracture. And before that, he hadn't played football in a full calendar year because he was retired. So um, if he's ready to return to action this week, great. Uh, If the week of practice is still a little rocky, I think you can afford to wait to activate him. Now, when he does return, I'm not sure he replaces anyone. Uh, He's surely not going to unseat Trey Smith at the right guard spot. And, uh, I mean, maybe if Lucas Yang and Mike Remmers are out still, uh, it's possible that he slides in at right tackle. But uh, right now, I think the likeliest scenario is that he remains as a depth player at the right guard spot. And if there's an injury there, uh, they might just, like, you know, plug him, plug him in. But uh, for now, I think that's probably the outlook for, for Kyle Long. 
Who do you believe is the X factor heading into Week 10 versus Las Vegas? Yeah, I think it's going to be both the receivers and the offensive tackles for Kansas City this week. Uh, and I say that kind of in, in collaboration because, well, let's just say this. All right. Uh, the Raiders have um, some really good pass rushers. In fact, they're one of two teams with uh, two edge rushers ranked in the top 10 in the NFL and pressures. Max Crosby and Yannick uh, Nagakwe. Nigo- I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Jeez, guys. Um, he he's uh, com- they've combined for 87 pressures between the two of them. Crosby actually leads the NFL in pressures with 50. So um, you know whoever is playing uh, at, at right tackle, be it Remmers, Nyang, Wiley, Prince Tega Winogo, wh- whoever it is, um, and, and then Orlando Brown Jr. They're going to have their hands full, and uh, the receivers they need to get open and do so quickly because if Patrick Mahomes is forced to hang on to the ball for more than two and a half seconds, I mean, those offensive tackles are going to have to be performing at their best or Mahomes is going to be under pressure. And uh, we know that pressure hasn't exactly been his strong suit this season and that he's kind of struggled at times with the kind of, uh, you know, scramble, scramble drills and stuff that he's typically been good at. Though I will say he had one at the end of the game last week that was quite impressive. But I think it's those receivers and tackles in coordination with each other. They need to be at their best uh, if the Chiefs are going to have a shot on Sunday night football, uh, you know, getting out there and, uh, and winning that game. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Uh, yeah, we've got a, just a ton of great content for you, Chiefs Wire, this week. Um, did our midseason report card for uh, Chiefs rookies. Obviously, uh, Bolton, Humphrey, Smith get a ton of attention, but I think fans are going to be really surprised with Noah Gray's ability as a blocker. Wasn't his strong suit coming into the NFL, but he has been dynamite in that regard since entering the league. And of course, uh, we've got plenty of content recapping Week 9, previewing Week 10, We've got some info on the OBJ situation up on the site, though. That might not be relevant by the time you guys hear this. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. You know what I say now, Ed. Go Chiefs. Yeah, oh man, it's it's been a lot of fun playing here, man. I've I've really, really just enjoying uh, getting better, playing within the system, uh, especially as a tackle. Uh, it's something that you know it's a ton of one-on-one blocks, man, and uh, you know blocking for Pat specifically is great. You know, at what what he's able to do with the football, you know, by itself, man, is 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 awesome, and you know it definitely gives you a little extra motivation as an offensive lineman playing for him. Are you guys still learning each other to some degree in terms of just where the weather? pocket's going to be, where he's going to go, things like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You know, there'll definitely always be growth. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly focused on trying to get better each and every week, each and every day. Orlando, you uh, obviously started your career in Baltimore, so Raiders week doesn't mean that much to you. But mm-hmm. how do you do that when you come to a new team, you get indoctrinated to, that you're supposed to hate this division rival, <laughs> and this was probably like Steelers week yeah. for you before. How, how does yeah. that 
Kind of operate, like the education yeah, that's funny. Uh, you know, on every level, man, you know, no matter high school, college, little league, you know, you got your rivalry games. And so, uh, you know, you kind of understand big picture and what it's going to take, man. But um, I'm just looking, I'm looking for the opportunity to compete. You know, when you look into rivalry games, digging too deep and too far into them, I feel like, you you know, you kind of ride the emotional roller coaster when you get out there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm approaching it just like every other Sunday. You know what I mean? And especially with it being prime time, man, I'm just super excited for the opportunity to play in this league on a Sunday night. Orlando, I don't know how much you take into account pro football focus, but they gave you the highest grade of any player in last week's game. I just wonder in week nine what's worked for you and how much did the early portion of the season sort of lead to your performance on Sunday? Yeah, um, man, honestly, man, I grade myself, you know, and I, I'm, I'm my biggest critic. And, um, you know, it's a ton of different things I've been focusing on and, and trying to get better. Uh, you know, I, I just, like I said, like I spoke to you guys before, man, I just want to continue to grow as a player. Um, you know, it's, it's been a ton of different stuff that I've, I've been working on, uh, trying to get better each and every week to help us win games. Is there, is there one sort of example where you said early on mm, yeah. in this now feels better? Is there an example that comes to mind? Yeah, man, honestly, you know, all of it really, you know what I mean? That's that's my focus, man, is just, you know, bringing it all together, you know what I mean? Pass pro, run game, screens, whatever, you know, whatever coach asks me to do, just doing it to the best of my abilities to continually get better at it. Now that the Chiefs defense is getting much more healthier with the addition of Melvin Ingram, how do you think that going up against that, you know, that D line with you know, Ingram, Clark, Jones is going to help you and the rest of the offensive line going further? Yeah, man, a lot, man, a lot. You know, Melvin is a great player. Uh, he's been very successful and productive throughout his career, and uh, you know, I think he showed a little, little bit on Sunday what he's capable of, man. And as he gets more comfortable within the system and with the guys around him, I mean, the sky's the limit. How does his addition help help the offensive line? Like you said, make you all better as you pursue as you go further. Yeah, um, I mean, it definitely helps practicing against good talent. Uh, always, man. Uh, you know what he brings to the table is a lot of versatility and how he rushes and the different rush moves he can do. He can do. Um, you know, which definitely helps you out get better. On the final offensive play, when you guys converted to third down, Jared McKinnon had a pretty incredible block. I wonder if you saw that. What you thought? What you yeah, thought yeah, man, I actually heard it. Uh, I, was, uh, yeah, I was I was blocking my guy, and I just I heard a loud loud noise to the right outside of my helmet, man. And uh, you know, I didn't know what the heck happened, but I mean, but once I saw it on film, I was like, wow, you know what I mean? But just somebody that's gonna stick his nose in there, man. He's a tough dude. Okay, thanks, Orlando. Yep, no problem. Thanks, All right, guys, uh, ten to ten today. Sean Jackson obviously got on the field uh, today. Um, how did he look, and uh, how did you see him fitting into the? Yeah, I thought he looked fast. Um, he's worked really hard over the last two days, meeting with Edgar and, and Nick Holtz, and, and um, thought him and, and uh, the receivers really had a had a good practice today. We put him in a couple of different spots, see if we can get some packages worked out. But I thought he had some fun out there, and he looked fast. You had three guys uh, leave the game with ankle injuries uh, Sunday. Do you have an update on Kwiatkowski, uh, Fireline, or uh, Nixon? Yep, um, all three of those guys did not go um, much today. Keyshawn went to a little bit of a run workout early, and then we held him out the rest of the time. So we'll see what happens. It's kind of day by day right now with all three. A lot of people are weakly saying that. Sorry, you're just going to have to be louder with the mask. And a lot of people are saying the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs because of their record. They're not running away with things. What have you seen up to them? And I assume you believe you'll see their best version on Sunday. 
Well, I, you know, I, the, the film that we watch, I know the film that Gus and Oli watch that we've talked to get about is, you know, that the Chiefs are an explosive, fast football team with dynamic um, personnel and that they can score from any place on the field. They do a lot of different things on defense. They're extremely well coached. They're physical tackling defense. So um, what we see is a really good football team, and we'll be excited to play come Sunday night. Just to follow up on Phylon, he's on injured reserve. That's at least three weeks. Do you expect it to be longer than that? Or? Well, I think right now we're, we're hoping for the three-week mark. We'll see how his, um, how his ankle responds over the next three weeks. Has there been any update on uh, Trayvon Mullen uh, and Richie Incognito in terms of where they might be in? Return-wise, well, we're, we think Trayvon's a little bit closer than Richie. We're hoping that we can get him, hopefully, to practice maybe the Dallas week and then play the next week. We have that that short week in there through Thanksgiving, but he's been doing much better um, day by day in, in here. I don't think I saw Darren Waller out there today. Is everything all right there? Darren Waller was there for the uh, walkthrough in the beginning, and it was a vet day for the uh, the padded part of practice for him. But you guys haven't played many divisional games so far this season. Obviously, every game is important, but how much added emphasis have you placed on, obviously, you know, start getting more into the schedule of playing divisional games? Uh, certainly, anytime you play your division, you know, it's a, it's a big game. And then the rivalry between, you know, the Raiders and the Chiefs is historical, right? So, again, we're excited. We get a chance to play at home, get a chance to play on Sunday night football. Guys were really um, enthused out there today. It was an exciting practice, I think, from an um, effort standpoint. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's- As always, if you have any thoughts on the show, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at The Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Catch us next week.